What is happening? Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Final Score podcast. Looking forward to chatting with uh, Frederick High Girls basketball coach Nate Naylor on this week's episode. Uh, Cadets off to a 6-0 start. Uh, big win over Ligonor this week, uh, 44-41, without uh, their best player, uh, Sydney Husky, uh, who was dealing with an illness. Uh, so the Cadets have a, a very good, well-rounded team, and uh, we'll talk to Coach Naylor about that and just, just his career in general. Uh, he's in his second season on the job. I uh, came over from uh, the Hagerstown area. He coached in South Hagerstown, and I think at St. James as well. Uh, so we'll talk to Coach Naylor about his team, his background, and all that good stuff. Um, uh, but joining me right now in studio is uh, my colleague here, Alexander Dacey. You've seen the Frederick girls, I believe, twice now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and, you, and you cover the Ligonor game, and, and I'll ask you about that. Um, I've seen them once, and uh, outstanding defensive team, um, and, and, and they usually produce enough offense to, to, to find ways to win games. Is that sort of more or less what happened against Ligonor? Or? Yeah, and and of course having or having or missing Sydney Husky obviously is a big loss for for anybody. I mean, you know, like, she's one of the best players in the county, and uh, and. Yeah, so that's that's a that that's a big void to fill. But they like like you said, I mean, their defense did more than enough, especially in the second half. They they really locked down, kind of you know grinded, wore Lingenor out. Lingenor was also um, Lingenor scored forty one, right? That, that, that's pretty low. Yeah, well they they had twenty eight at the break. Um, so they, they uh, really thirteen points. So they held the them to thirteen in the, in the entirety of the second half, including a stretch of about probably. Let's see. It was I think it was about six, six or six and a half minutes where they didn't have a field goal from like the very end of the third quarter till almost the end of the fourth quarter. Um, so yeah, it was just. I mean, it was it was just a great defensive effort, and 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 then again, their offense. You know, they they do enough. It's not necessarily the prettiest game, but they win, and you can't argue with the results. So so it's uh it, it's really good to see that you know, and and again, that especially I think last night was really sort of the. I guess th- that was obviously their biggest test because they the best team they've played so far, and B, the one time they've not had Sydney Husky. So it's like that. Usually, you would think, okay, maybe this is where they regress, or, or stuff happens. But no, they, you know, they 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 were get they were getting outplayed for a little bit, but they were never really all that far out of it. They kept scrapping, and eventually they just they just shot off in the fourth quarter, went on a seventeen to one run, and. That was that. Not not to take away from their win, but Ligonor is not at full strength, right? No. Um. Uh. First minute or about well, lower minute into the game, yeah. Uh. On Tuesday, uh, Tristan Colburn is one of their you know key uh, key forwards. She uh she hurt her knee. Go uh, went up for a layup and kind of landed weird. Um. So that so then they had to you know kind of basically play almost the entire game without her and kind of reach into the rotation then and then two players fouled out in the final two minutes so so they were they were towards the end of the game they were really sort of reaching deep is, into is their, that bench. their only injury of note or um she will she that's by far their most notable injury they think they have a couple other um injured players but no one who's like in the she's the only one in the main like starting five um who's now uh, you, under uh, on the mend do you, you think the outcome is different maybe if she plays the whole game or does it have a chance to be uh, I, I, de- I don't want to diminish what frederick no played. i mean it definitely does have a chance um you know i mean it was a five-point game so i think it was gonna be close either way uh um but yeah i mean she's again she she provides sort of another i guess size element um uh you know kind of along the wing and, and someone who, who, who can sort of get down low and and 
and work in that area. Um, but then again, you also say, well, Frederick didn't have, didn't have Sydney. So right. if you throw Sydney in there, does that, well, what, what does that do? So in, in a way, it's, I don't, I don't want to say it evened it out, but it almost is like each team was ended up missing a critical piece for effectively the entire game. Right. And Lingonor was good at the start, but then they faded and Frederick came on strong late and, you know, just just had a much better finish and much better adjustments down the down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you and I have yeah. both been impressed so far by Frederick's freshman uh, Marley Williams, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, she she's aggressive. I mean, uh, she, uh, she seems to be a very smart player. I mean, uh, again, she's really noticeable. I I noticed her when I, when I saw him play Clarksburg, and uh, she she starts for him. Uh, you don't often see freshmen start on on varsity basketball teams, uh, so. Um, what, what's your take on Marley? Well, so the two games I saw her were the two where she basically had the biggest role because the other one was Middletown last week, and Sydney was in foul trouble that game. So that game, I guess, sort of in, in a sense gave uh, Marley a dry run of what she was going to do on Tuesday, which was running the point the whole time. Um, and, I mean, she... Uh, she's she's she always looks very nonchalant when she plays which 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 always which which i've i found interesting because when when she when she just gets going you know man it's really hard to stop uh and she's really good at crashing the basket and she she can pull up and shoot too but she she told me after the game yesterday she was basically like you know like why take it why take a chance in the outside if you have like if you have a lane you see to just cut to the basket you know it's a high, basically a higher percentage play and i mean that's what she did which is i mean it's kind of what it's kind of what sydney does a lot right is she you know she'll she'll find the lane cut downhill and crash to the basket for points and again she can she can shoot from the outside too but it's almost like they may have found a, you know, a, a second version of, of Sydney Husky, yeah, but, yeah. but as a freshman, so obviously, you know, she's, she's going to have to grow into a little more, but I mean, she had uh, 29 against Linganore, 14 of which came in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, the other game, Middletown, I think she was in, she was somewhere in the twenties, well, like 25. So the pretty, pretty tough one, two punch there. Yeah. Um, and, and when it comes to the Frederick defense, which is, again, is their calling card and team strength. I mean, um, coach Naylor, who will, will tell us that in a few minutes, I'm sure. But, uh, Aubrey Murray, uh, that their, their center is a big part of that. It, it definitely helps. I believe she's the tallest player in the County. She's six foot two and, and, and the sort of the, the the good thing for Frederick about having her uh, that that Nate told me after the Lingenor game is that you know just her sheer size very few people can can match with that her size and length and, and and physicality is just something that's so good and she's such a good you know shot blocker and rebounder too that even if you do kind of get you know up up close to her most of the time you're not going to have a great look at the basket. Um, and, and so that basically allows then Frederick to, I guess, be more aggressive on the ball handlers, um, you know, with their guards and their wings. So it, because they know, I guess, I guess if they get burned out there, oh, you just have the tallest player in the County behind you, who's swatting everything inside or making life, you know, making life miserable for you. So it's a really it's a really great luxury to have and she's you know at least in this early going probably the best defensive player in the county at least the one best that I've seen so far yeah and yeah. Aubrey of course is the daughter of uh, Tony Murray uh, who was the Frederick High girls basketball coach uh, b- before uh, Nate Naylor uh, uh, took over um, uh, last season uh, prior to last season um, on the boys basketball side we know about Frederick High and they just had a huge win over the weekend they beat the Virginia 4A state champs, uh, Verena. 
uh, by seven points in a tournament in D.C. So that was a really good win for Frederick High. They seem to have totally shaken off their loss to um, – uh, was it? Uh, it was Je- uh, Jefferson, Jefferson in West Virginia, yeah. which I which I will say I was um uh, I was at the Intracity game on Friday, which which Frederick Frederick won pretty easily, um and I was sitting around some. And that's no small feat either. Cause no, because TJ is good. Yes, yeah. um they yeah they won by what twenty three I think it was sixty seven forty four. Um, but I was sitting around a couple of I guess uh, uh, D three college coaches who were there scouting, and they were just talking kind of about Frederick. And I I'm assuming one of them was from West Virginia because they mentioned uh, one of the coaches mentioned something about oh their only loss was to Jefferson and he's and he said there's no sh- and the other coach said there's no shame in that that team's really good so yeah. and that's kind of and you get and, and you know we've mentioned it before but I mean it's what Imani Hill wanted he wanted a tougher schedule um you know the thing that game really showed him and he said after you know told me after the TJ game is that that game against Jefferson they were actually up but they didn't really have a killer instinct and they didn't put them away so then Jefferson rallied forced overtime and then won um, but you know, every game since then they've they've you know not only have they won, but they've been able to sort of you know stamp their foot foot down and, and do what they need to do to, to to win the games, close it out the way they should. So that's that's I guess you know that's what he wanted, right? You know, take take these lumps now, learn it now, so that when you're in those crunch time situations later and later in the season. You're 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 more confident. You know what to do. And yeah, but they're yeah. administering lumps too because they just mm-hmm. beat the Virginia uh, again, four A state champs of Arena over the weekend. Uh, the team I wanted to ask you about on the boys' side though was Middletown um, because they seem to be very good. And I think I heard you say that you might put them as the next best team in the county. Well, so part of that's just because right now they're the only undefe- um, undefeated team on the boys' side. Um, Have but you seen Middletown? I did. They saw them beat Walkersville by six. Uh, and last they also beat week, Tuscarora, I think, in the season opener, and um, Tuscarora is maybe not what they've been in recent years, but but still, that, that, that's a good win to beat Tuscarora. So, I mean, how good is this Middletown team? They can shoot. I mean, they 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 run the, they run the floor really well. They 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 move with a big. They move with quick pace. They shoot the ball well, and they have a little bit. They have a decent amount of size inside. Not like not like the the biggest players in the county, but they have enough to you know enough that it works. So. They're clearly a, a a threat, especially if their shots are falling. And so far, so far they have. I mean, you know, what Walker Walkersville um, uh, obviously is Kenyon Johnson as their big as their big player uh, in the middle. But they were able to, uh, you know, he was he got in a little foul trouble. But even then, they were still able to largely neutralize him in that game, which. So far, no other team has done because he keeps dropping these like you know double doubles where he scores thirty points and gets like fifteen rebounds. Um, so. You know they they can they can sort of hang you know down low if they need to, but again, really, the, everybody on the floor can shoot, and everybody's a pretty good you know everybody's a pretty good shooter, and they they they, they scheme these sort of quick you know quick transition plays and sort of you know quick pace pushing plays to really to to really run them up the floor. So I mean at li- at this point until they lose, I I think they're probably our second best team, middle, middle, middle. Uh, and they and they have that and they have a good win over Walkersville too. Middletown, yeah. TJ, who wins? Uh, granted, I only saw TJ uh, when they lost to Frederick, but TJ did just put a 27-point win, I believe, on Oakdale, who was previously undefeated. So TBD, those are probably your second and third best teams right now. Um, 
Have you know, seen, I'd, have, I'd have, have to see. Have you seen Oakdale? I have seen Oakdale uh, once. They beat Urbana in a close one. Yeah, right. Um, uh, Alex Rodriguez uh, mm-hmm. uh, had steals to win both the Urbana game and the Ligonor game last Friday. Uh, Middletown, uh, Oakdale, uh, who wins? <laughs> Probably right now, Middletown. Um, I mean, thing, Oakdale's thing is they've got. Gage, like you said, Rodriguez, and then Gage Linton, who's a senior, who's also putting up, you know, just big numbers every night. Uh, and then uh, and then a good sort of third piece in Harrison Tisdale. But then after that, it's they're still kind of mixing and matching, figure out what they need to do. Because um, everyone else either has very little starting experience, very little varsity experience, or just, you know, is just completely new to the team. So it, they kind of have to, you know, figure things out. And this is sort of, I, I know we've... We've talked about this before. Oakdale always is one of those teams that where it feels like they really, they 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 might start off a little shaky, even though they had a four zero start this year. So that's I guess that's not quite as relevant, but they always seem to be a team that peaks really well towards the end of the season. Um, so I'm expecting that to happen again. You know, right now, would are they one of our four best teams? Maybe I don't know. I mean, Lincoln was pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, they they gave, they gave Oakdale. I mean, they they should have won the game. Uh, you, you could argue they were up six uh, with under two minutes to go in the game, and Oakdale just got them. Uh, in, in the final minute with, with a little careless play by Ligonor, uh in, ha- in terms of handling the basketball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good mix of teams on, on, on both the boys and, and, and the girls' sides. Um, uh, have any big uh, Christmas plans? Uh, no, this is actually one of, I think, the only years I can think of in my memory where we're not having a big family Christmas like we usually do. Um, so just on Christmas Day, I'm going to go... Uh, over and you know have a small gathering with some family in the area, but yeah, this is actually gonna be one of our quieter uh, quieter Christmases in a while. <laughs> you guys do the big gift opening on Christmas morning and stuff. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll do that. Um, uh, my sister's uh, my my sister will be back from college, and then uh, and so and I'll be going back Saturday to 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 um, hang out with hang out with my family. So we'll just sort of probably do some last minute like gift wrapping and Christmas stuff on. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday is uh, and then Monday obviously is the the big day and the big morning, and then you know dinner uh, and in the uh, afternoon. Well, once gifts are open, how does your Christmas go? Because ours is typically pretty laid back and chill, and we typically do our big dinner and stuff on Christmas Eve, uh, and then we'll just have like leftovers, and everyone just sort of messes with their gifts and and sort of has a lazy rest of the day on Christmas. How does yours normally work? Yeah, it's usually fairly laid back as well. Um I mean the I guess the I guess the main thing uh is that like in the morning like usually first thing when we wake up we'll do gifts and make make a nice breakfast how, and whatever. How early do, how early do people wake up? So before the last couple of years when my work schedule shifted and my sister went to college, before then we would usually be up by like seven. We're 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 fairly early risers in my family. Um, but I, it, it shifted a little bit later with each passing year because again, I, since I, since I now work, you know, like this, this sort of evening late shift, um, my sleep schedule shifted. My sister with all her college work, her sleep schedule shifted. Okay. So, so it's so usually it, a little bit later. So it's more than just, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. are, are the early rides in your family tolerant of, of this sleeping in on Christmas day? Cause I could see people up early and they're like tapping their fingers. Like when's Alexander going to wake up? <laughs> uh, time to open gifts. Cause in, in my family, you get that. Cause if, if people sleep in, you get impatient people saying, when are they going to wake up well, or, 
or when are they going to get down here so we could open gifts? We have a running joke in our family that whoever the last person is to wake up, we always call them the smartest one in the house. Um, Why are they the smartest? Uh, because they slept in the latest. At least that's 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 something my dad originated. I have no idea where he got that from or what why he came up with that. But it's been a running it's been a running joke for the last basically fifteen plus years. And, 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 and how is the gift giving in your house? Hmm. Do you do you get something for everyone? Uh, do you have a big shopping list or how does your gift giving work typically? So, so yeah, everyone gets something. Um, my mom, my mom usually, my mom's usually the one that I guess is like the ringleader of organizing the gifts. Cause well, so first of all for her, so she's Jewish. So she doesn't like, she'll, you know, she'll like celebrate Christmas just with us, but obviously she's not observing Christmas or anything. She's observing Hanukkah and all that. So because just because of that, you know, we'll like, We'll get her. We'll get her some things, and but she, she'll usually be the one to sort of orchestrate most of the gifts for most of the gifts for us. So, and do you then, guys do full Hanukkah and then full Christmas? Uh, e- kind of. Um, we don't. I guess we don't do like a traditional full Hanukkah. Like usually, we would do we, like we have a menorah and everything. And usually, the first night, my mom would make latkes or you know. Do Hanukkah, do something like that, but uh, I'm really yeah. gonna. I'm really on the verge of making myself sound. Hanukkah's eight nights. Right? Eight nights, yes. I, I, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay, good. I got that right. Yeah. I, I was about to sound really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 <laughs> no, you're I, good. I, I obviously didn't want to do that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you have a bit, a, a little bit of a celebration or recognition on each of the eight nights? Or? Um, I mean, aside from lighting the menorah, not really. Okay. Um, and obviously Hanukkah's <laughs> you know past, uh, past or ended uh, last week, so. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's over now. Um, but, 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 but no, I, I yeah. ask cause you don't see a lot of uh, families that do the full Hanukkah and, and Christmas yeah. Well. Yeah. And I, and, and like I said, it's not, we don't really, I guess, do the full Hanukkah. Um, but we do, we, we, again, it's, it's, it definitely, it, it gets observed in our, in our household. Sure. Um, both or both get observed in our household. Um, the other, I guess, wrinkle in this is we also have a lot of birthdays around Christmas, including one on Christmas. Um, my mom's birthday is the day after Christmas. So a so lot. Do these people get shafted on Christmas and they, 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 get less, they get less either birthday presents or Christmas um, presents? I, I, at least for, I will say for my mom, we usually try to split it up evenly between the ones we and give she, her on she, the 25th. She's got Hanukkah too. Wow, yeah. So. Um, and then the ones on, and then the one on the, uh, her birthday, the 26th. But um, uh, I, as for my cousin, whose birthday's on Christmas, I actually, uh, I've, I mean, I've been at his house on Christmas. I've seen him open gifts, but I actually have never... Never thought to ask if he if he gets less. I think he said he doesn't really he, he doesn't love having it on Christmas, but you know because again I guess it kind of all gets rolled into one. But right. so so, the, so yeah. there are lots of presents in your house to open. On yes, Christmas. there are not like not again not like the entire house isn't overflowing, but it's a it's it's a it's a good it's a good good mix good number. Uh, yeah. it, it, same in our house, but but yeah. our our ours has been condensed because. Uh, mm. Because we have um, turned to a Christmas grab bag, ooh! So we're so we're not buying for everyone anymore. We're just buying for the person that we pull out of the grab bag. Oh, that's and, and, nice. And we have a spending limit, which is a nice spending limit. So so the person gets a, a, a either one really nice gift or or, or several nice gifts. Um, but but it cuts down on the shopping and and the expense because you're not buying for like 
eight or ten people you're buying for one person and, and, and there's a spending limit so so we do a grab bag the the, the kids are, are exempt the um the little kids the nieces the nephews they're they're all exempt i mean they get the full christmas treatment as they should because because they're kids and, and christmas is the best holiday for kids obviously um, but but the adults, uh, we, we, we do a grab bag. Um, so it, it still winds up being a fair amount of presents, but 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 not quite the usual uh, abundance um, of, of years past. So anyway, sir, ha- happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and we'll be back next week to talk a little uh, end of the year type stuff. Uh, but when we come back, uh, Frederick High girls basketball coach Nate Naylor will be here. Look forward to chatting with him. So stay stay with us here on the final score. All right, we are back here on the final score. Very pleased to be joined now by the head coach of the Frederick High Girls basketball team, uh, Nate Naylor. Coach Naylor, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, it's great to have you on. Thanks for inviting me down. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you guys are off to a great start, obviously. We, we talked in the opening segment about your uh, 6-0 start, your, your, your big win this week over Ligonor. You were even a little shorthanded during the win because you didn't have – uh, your, your best scorer uh, uh, during the game, uh, Sydney Husky. Just what what do you make of this group of young ladies you, you have this season? I think, you know, last year we, we went through a lot of battles um, and we were, you know, as we got to the end of the season last year, I felt like we were really battle tested and we liked where we finished off. I mean, you never like to lose that game, but we – we felt like we were in a good place where we finished off and with everybody, you know, our key components coming back this year and some of the new pieces that we added um, this year, we felt like we're in a position where we can win games a lot of different ways, whether, you know, Sid is out or, you know, Marley's out or Aubrey's out. We feel like we, we can, you know, compete and battle in a lot of games and win games a lot of different ways this year as, a, like, as opposed to last year. Well, I mean, your number one uh, uh, strength, I would say, is your defense. And, and defense always tra- travels, as they say, and, and you could always win with defense, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what makes your defense so tough? I think the key to the, our defense is, is Aubrey Murray on the inside. Um, yeah, she's she, what, 6'2", something yeah, like that? She's, yeah, she's 6'2", and, and you know, she, she's a, a big presence inside for us, so it allows our wings to really get after it out there. Um, they can play a lot of pressure defense out there because uh, once you get by them, then you got to go inside and kind of deal with her. And she's tough to deal with when you get inside. She, you know, she doesn't have to block the shot. She just changes your shot. Yeah, because you have to shoot over her. Yeah. She's 6'2". She can move. She's athletic. So, so yeah, she's a formidable presence in there and, and someone that's great to have around the basket, obviously. Yeah, and, and we have two, you know, we have a, a, a slew of players in, you know, Ja'Kaya and Jai. Um and Jules, who just, you know, they'll harass the ball handler for 32 minutes. And, you know, we got another freshman, Serenity Allen, that we bring in and we rotate on them. And they just uh, they just harass the ball handlers. And they're going to make your ball handler work for 32 minutes. And, you know, that's a, a big part of our, our defense and trying to wear teams down. Yeah, but, but, but defense, as you know, is, is a culture and a mindset. And it seems like all your players have, have bought into that uh, culture to, to play tough defense. It, it's some, something your players take a lot of pride in, it seems. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that's going to get you, you know, the minutes. You know, if you, you can play defense and you're going you're gonna to buy into it, you're going to hustle, you're going to give us what you got on that end of the floor, that's going to get you more minutes on the floor. And 
I think this team is kind of bought into that, and they, they embrace it. They want that. This is year two for you now here at Frederick High. How much more comfortable are you now this season than you were last season? You know, you know, a lot more comfortable this year. You get to see everybody, learn some some team's tendencies and what they you've like done, to run. You've done it once before, too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you get to get to see what they like to run and, and how they kind of operate, and now you get to really prepare for it. And you had a whole off season to really get the team um, – to kind of buy into what we want, you know, with a full off season makes a big difference, you know, getting the kids together and getting them um, playing together a little bit and getting them doing some stuff together. That makes a big difference coming into a season. I'm interested in your background and how you got to Frederick High because you were at South Hagerstown. You, you started as a JV coach there, uh, had success. Um, then then you became the interim coach uh, at, at South Hagerstown. And you and you took the reins there for I think two seasons now uh, at South, right? Three seasons or three seasons at South, yeah. and you had a lot of success too. Yeah. Uh, you were, you, uh, you know you you were uh, uh, twenty one and three, I, I believe, in back to back seasons at South Hagerstown, which is which is a great record. And then you went to, to you went to St. James and, and had success there, where where you won a hundred games there, just. What what do you want to be a coach and just why do you think you've had so much success? I actually didn't. <laughs> to be honest, I never wanted to be a coach. Um, why not? I, I, coaching just to me it was like I didn't think that I would mesh well with with the kids and you know teaching kids nowadays is different than before and I would always be like I can't you know if kids talk back to me like that I don't know how I respond but. Um, Barry Brown, actually, who was coaching North Hagerstown, um, had a team in the summer league, and I was working with the Boys and Girls Club. And so we would drop kids off out there to his um, summer league game, some of the kids who went to the Boys and Girls Club. And he actually asked me to coach one of the summer league games because he didn't have a coach. And were you like, no way? And I was like, no. He was like, I don't have anybody. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And okay. So, 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 I so, so out of desperation, you know, to, to help out a friend, yeah. you were saying, okay, I'll do this. Yeah, we got our butts kicked. Okay. So I said, if we're going to do this, we need to practice. <laughs> like, if, if I'm going to continue to coach, we need to practice. You, you so. got to do this the right way. So we kind of, you know, I worked his team out. He was coaching North High. I worked his team out in the summer. And then Mr. Tesla, who coaches at South High, two summers later was like, we don't have a coach. We need a coach. Would you come over here and coach? And my dad was actually the boys coach at the time at South Hagerstown. Okay, he, uh, he, he was. Okay, yeah. all right. So that was the connection at South Hagerstown. So, so you're the son. You're the, you're the son of a coach. Yeah. Okay. I'm the son of a coach. The the things you were worried about being a coach, have they did they materialize, or did you did you surprise yourself, or um, or were you surprised you liked coaching so much? I think it just became a passion. Then you know. Once you start to see kids reach their goal, um, not so much about the wins and losses, but, you know, kid maybe who wants to play at the next level and you help them reach that goal or kids who just want to, you know, play in college anywhere, whether it's junior college, division three, division two, um, or just want to get to college, period. And they need that structure and, and discipline in their, their life, just seeing and helping kids be able to get through high school in that way was just like a, a key piece. And then our communities need that. Like they need, you know, our youth need somewhere where there's structure and guidance and they're a part of something and they feel like they're a part of something. Did you like coaching right away or was it an acquired taste for you? 
I did like coaching. Once once we started, we started working. The the chase of trying to get good became something that I you know became a challenge. Yeah, the challenge of you know trying to build the program and trying to get it to you know a place of you know where it's respected uh, was was always the challenge and always something that was you know fun. I don't know that coaching is I like coaching, but I love seeing players get better and helping players get better and helping players reach their goal. How, how did you know what to do? How did you know how to be a coach? Well, I was lucky enough to go to school here at TJ and play for Tom Dickman. So, so, you, know, so, you, so you knew what good coaching looked so, like. So yeah. I had a picture of what good coaching looked like. And one of the things that kind of stuck in the back of my mind is the impact that he had on me. You know, I would hope that I could have on, you know, other kids and help them in, the, in that way that he kind of helped me get through high school. Is a lot of what you do what, uh, modeled after what Coach Dickman did? A lot of what I did in the early days is kind of modeled after what Coach Dickman did. Now it's it's there's some of that there, but it's kind of tailored because I feel like the game is it's a little more different. Um, yeah, so it's, in, in, in 20 to 30 years, a lot has changed, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, so the game is, is a little different, so there's a lot of – you know, things that we do that aren't, you know, some of the things that, that Coach Dickman would have done. But we, you know, defensively, like a lot of those principles are the same. Okay. But it's also trial and error, trial and error too. As you, as, you, as you do it and you get more experienced, you obviously learn what works, what doesn't work, and then you tweak and develop your own style, right? Yeah, and that's every year. You know, even like with this team, we, we tried some things early on that didn't work. And, you, you know, you got to adjust and, and flip flip the script and – figure out what works best because each team is different. You know, each team has their unique tendencies and some things work for them and some things don't. Um, and you might have this whole game plan of what we want to do going into the year and you got to adjust and pivot because, you know, it's just not quite working the way you want it to work. Um, and with this team, you know, full court man-to-man seems to be something that they just love, like they, they're hungry for it. They want it. Well, again, that comes into wanting to play defense too. Yeah. Uh, just having that constant ball pressure, I mean, that, that makes it hard on the opponents. If you have to work to get the ball up the court every time, that, that pays dividends for you later in the games, doesn't it? Yeah, and, you know, making them work to get up the court and then also making them work to defend us going back down the floor. So trying to push it back down the floor under control, um, and, you know, taking it, what we got in transition first, then getting into the offense second, um, just kind of keeps that pressure on them constantly because not only if you, you know, if we're putting pressure on and you turn it over, you get a shot up and we get the rebound. Now you got to get back and, and defend us. And, you know, we try to put pressure on that way. Do you find your opponents get tired after a while? You did just dealing with that constant pressure on both ends. I think we. I think we. Um, do, you, do you wear? Do you wear other teams down? Yeah, I think we saw that with Middletown, and I think we saw that with Linganore, where they kind of wore down towards the end. Um, I think we knew if we kept pressuring and kept pressuring and kept pressuring. Uh, I think with Linganore, I started. You, you know, we started to see their shots falling a little short late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you lose your legs a little bit, yeah, don't you? Yeah, and we wanted to just continue to push the ball downhill and keep getting to the rim, and and I think that kind of helped benefit us in those those two games. Uh, to play that silo, your players have to be in shape and well conditioned. How how do you get your players to the point to where they can go up and down the floor for for thirty two minutes? <laughs> yeah, we yeah we try to do a you know we try to make practices up tempo as possible. 
you know, we try to stay up and down the floor as much as possible. Um, do you do a lot of conditioning and running we during to, practice? Yeah, we try to do a lot of conditioning, a lot of a lot of running. That's, you know, everything, all the drills we do, everything we do is kind of up and down the floor. We don't like a lot of wasted motion. Um, so we try to do a lot of a lot of that to just, you know, hopefully make sure that we're in tip-top shape. So you've been coaching now for a little more than a decade, um, a decade and a half almost. Uh, how has the Nate Naylor style evolved? I mean, how would you describe your coaching style now? I think early early on, you know, <laughs> when I was at South, it was more of like there, it was no nonsense. I don't think I don't think we, we I ever took the time to stop and enjoy some of the, some of the successes along the way. Um, it was always just focused on what's next and what's next and what's next and just trying to constantly, you know, figure out how you're going to win the next game. And, you know, once one game's over, you're just turning and you're focused on the next game instead of taking that night and kind of enjoying the moment for a second and then focusing on the next game. Puts a lot of stress on you when you do it that way. So now I think, you know, win a game, enjoy it for a night. Then next day you turn the page and focus on the next team. Um, how, how did you come to recognize that? Did someone did someone tell you, hey, uh, take a moment to enjoy this, or did yeah. you realize it yourself? One of my, one of one of my my buddies who's a coach as well says, you know, sometimes you got to enjoy, you know, enjoy coach. Like you can't always be focused on like it's, it's not all about winning. Yeah, right? it's not. You know, it's not all about. And results too. Yeah, uh, is, is it the des- the journey is is as much as part of it is the destination, right? And, and, you know, I think with, we had a really good group at South, and when we got to the finish line, it was like we didn't enjoy the journey because we were always focused on what was next. And so now when you have a good group like we have with, you know, Sydney and Aubrey being in their senior year, like you want to enjoy this journey through their senior year and recognize, you know, Sid scored a 1,000 points uh, the other night against TJ and you want to take time and stop and recognize those things and enjoy those things along the way and okay so so a buddy pointed it out to you but did you yeah. also realize it yourself that yeah hey, uh, uh, I'm I'm making this too business too business oriented <laughs> yeah I think we kind of I kind of was reckon you know I was recognizing that myself as well yeah um, are you are you glad you became a coach yeah yeah you know I think it gives you a purpose in life you know it gives you. Um, Again, I think our communities need more things that our youth can do and be involved in. And they need people in place that, you know, will help guide them in the direction that they want to go in um, and help get them through, you know, whether it's high school, you know, they have tough times. Sometimes they're going through tough times. You know, once you're a part of something like that, you can become a part of something like that. Um it helps, you know, it helps those youth reach their ultimate goal. We don't have a lot of things out here in our communities anymore that, you know, our kids feel safe doing. So, you know, I think this is an outlet for a lot of our youth that we can help. Right. Um, coaches are known to be a pretty stubborn lot. I mean, are, are you yourself stubborn? I mean, you, you don't seem to be. I mean, you don't strike me as being a super stubborn guy. You're, you're willing to change and, and, and adapt as, as times and circumstances warrant. Yeah, I don't think I'm stubborn at all. I think, I'm, you know, I try to adjust, you know, game by game almost. You know, you try to constantly adjust and try to constantly, um, you know, it's not we're going to do – 
we're sticking with this and that's it. Like, you know, if, if, you know, a lot of times some of my coaches might come to me and say, hey, man, we might need to switch to, and it's like, okay, let's try it and see if it works. Yeah. And if it works, we'll go with it. If it doesn't, we'll go back to, or we'll try something else. But I'm always open. My coaches, you know, our assistant coaches do a great job. Coach Tony McRae and Coach Kevin Meredith do a great job of helping scout teams and, you know, giving me, you know, game plans of what we should do and what we should try. And, you know, you always got to listen to, to them and, and respect what they what they have and what they bring to the table. Right. Do you agree with my premise? The coaches are generally stubborn, and that stubbornness can get in the way sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. But but you're sitting back there saying, "Hey, I can take advantage of this. This guy's yeah. stubborn. He's not going to change. I'm I'm going to adjust and and then be a step ahead of him or two or I, her." Well, yeah. I think certain coaches, um, you know exactly what they're going to run because they kind of run the same stuff year in and year out. And right. I think that's where the stubbornness kind of you, you have to fit into their system. Right. Um, and I believe sometimes we have to make our system, our system fit our players. Did you play for stubborn coaches growing up? I don't think, I don't think Tom was stubborn. He might have been stubborn a little bit. Um, coaches where it's my way or the highway, or we're going to do it this way. And that's well, like I had my dad, I had my dad in middle school, and it was, you know, me being his son, it was going to be his way or the highway. Okay. And, and that was, and I think he's still that way. He coaches at North Hagerstown right now. And I think coach, coach, coaches girls, the boys, or the boys, yeah. varsity. Yeah. Okay. Um. But so your dad's stubborn. Yeah, he's stubborn. But but you but you're not you're not you you didn't inherit that. Did Did you see your father's stubbornness as something you wanted to try and uh, uh, avoid uh, to some degree? And I'm not saying all stubbornness is bad. Sometimes people have their system and it works. Uh. So it's good to stick yeah. with it. But 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 it it seems like. A lot of the successful coaches today are the ones that are willing to adapt and change yeah. a, a good bit. Well, I'll say, you know, early on when I first started coaching at South and maybe early years at St. James, I was a little, I was more so stubborn okay. at that point. I think as times kind of changed a little bit, you know, I kind of adjusted to that and learned that you got to be a little more open to change and open to adjusting to some of the, you right. know, the players are different. And getting your butt kicked like you did early on, like you say, yeah. that, that helps you to be willing to change too. Exactly. Because you, you take a look at what you're doing and you say, is this working or is this not working? Exactly, so, right. Um, are, you, are you glad you sort of started on the JV level and weren't thrown right into a varsity job? So that was actually, you know, when, when Mr. Tesla asked me for the job, I told him, like, I can't do the varsity. I'm not ready for that. So I'd come do JV, and actually Amy Deeds, who coached TJ here for a while, okay, became the head coach at South Hagerstown. So, and they were on like a 55-game losing streak at the time. So the program was. So So you're a pretty self-aware guy, Coach Naylor. Like mm-hmm. you know what you think you can do and what, what, you, what you think you can handle. Yeah, absolutely. Does that come from – it has to come from your father and your, and your parents to some degree too, that, that, that self-awareness? Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to put yourself – or the kids in a position to where you're going to fail them or you're going to fail yourself. Like, you don't want to – it's not fair to – like, I've always said, if I feel like I'm not the right person for any coaching job that I'm in, I'm, I would step away at, at that moment that I felt that because it's not fair to the youth or it's not fair to myself to, to be in a situation where it's not comfortable. Uh, when did you think you were ready to handle a varsity job? I don't know that I – ever knew that I was ready um but when but you weren't willing to do it early and then you were you were willing to do it when when coach deeds ended up getting pregnant and I had to become the the interim coach um 
we lost our we lost our first north south game and when the kids came back and I, I saw the level of focus that they had um i felt like okay they trust me like they they know that we're going to turn this around and it was that was like the third game of the season that i think we went on to win like 10 straight after that and that kind of like then i was like okay i can do this Right. But with South, it was like flipping a light switch. They weren't successful, and then all of a sudden they were. Yes. So, yeah. so, I mean, part of a lot of it is, is a credit to you and in, in the, in the work you put in and stuff like that. But but why why were you able to turn things around? Like, like why was the program suddenly successful under you? <laughs> well, I, I think it was more so the players willing to put in work um, okay. all offseason um, and the coaching staff that we had willing to put in work. So. And, and they learned that from you? They're saying if we, if we want to win games, we have to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Is that what you came in and did sort of? Or? Well, it was just, you know, if we want to if we want to be successful at playing basketball, we have to, you know, it doesn't start on November 15th, right? You know, our, our last game is March, whatever. We have to start working, you know, we take a couple of weeks off, then we have to get back in the gym and start lifting weights and start playing AAU and start, you know, getting in the summer leagues and making sure that we're doing everything possible to be the best individual and team player that we can be when we come back on November 15th. And in the process, you learn who's really, who's truly committed and who's not. Yeah. You like like you learn who really wants to play and who doesn't. You, you know, you you start to it starts to weed out some of the people who aren't really truly committed, some of the people who, you know. Just want to be that November fifteenth to the end of the season player, and you know, they start to they start to weed themselves out because they start to say, "Oh, I can't play with those players," you know, right? And, or 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 make the commitment, or yeah. or put in the work and stuff like that. So so the group you're yeah. left with is is at the end of the day is a pretty once the season starts is a pretty capable and and good group because because everyone's been weeded the weed the weeds have been picked so to speak exactly right yep. Um, so in 2014, you left for St. James. Why, why did you leave South Hagerstown? So what, after we, um, after that point, Coach Preet had called me and said that, you know, he was really building the boys program out there. And uh, they have one of the best, uh, well, they don't do it anymore, but they used to have the St. James Invitational Tournament, which is one of the best tournaments on the East Coast. Top teams come in all the time. And so he was like, you know, we're trying to really build the girls program out here and, you know, you can recruit and, you know, you can bring in players. And and it sounded like a really good idea. And so um, I thought about it for a while. I was like, you know, let's take this opportunity and see if we can build the program out there. And it had two eighth graders coming in who were pretty good. Um, so it was like, let's take this opportunity and see what we can do with at St. James. How did you look at the dynamic of coaching girls uh, throughout your coaching career? Never, you know, I never really look at it as coaching girls. You know, just look at it as coaching. Okay. You know, when I was at South, when my dad would coach the boys, I would help him a little bit. And, like, I always just look at it as coaching. Like, I'm not going to coach the girls any different than I would coach boys. Like, you know, the dynamic really doesn't change in terms of the, the coaching. But but you sort of have to learn how to relate and connect with teenage girls, right? Well, yeah, you have to, you know, I think with girls, you know, you have to build a level of trust for them to, you know, once they build that trust, they're going to give you that 32 minutes of full court pressure defense, you know. Right. They buy in, they buy in, and I think that's one of the difference. But I also think there's a lot of things, like boys, they watch the NBA and want to be, you know, James Harden and 
right. everybody else with girls, you don't have to deal with that as much. <laughs> right. Although that, that, that could change over the years, too, yeah. is, 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 is uh, female basketball players such as Caitlin yeah. Clark and stuff become yeah. become bigger stars, too. So that, that, that might be coming down yeah, the road, yeah. but, but, but it's not in full force like it is with the boys, too. Yeah. So, so that wasn't a huge consideration for you, coaching boys versus girls at the, at the start. Never, never even crossed my mind. Never even crossed my mind. Was coaching at a private school, was that a much different dynamic than a public school? Yeah, it's, it's very different coaching in private school than public school. You've got to uh, recruit, right? Yeah, you gotta you got to recruit the kids that you bring in. Um, did, you, did you like that? No. You didn't, you didn't like no. that, yeah. It, you know, it takes a lot of time to – at that point in my life, I could do it because I was single and didn't have any kids. and So at that point in my life, I could, you know, I didn't have anything but time. Right. So I could I could do a lot of that stuff, but um, when I had to step away from St. James, when you know I got married, my wife was pregnant, and and COVID was happening, so I had to step away and be at home and figure out how to be a dad and a husband first. Yeah, and what 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 brought you back to coaching? I think I figured out how to be a dad and a husband. So. Um, you did. You, you, you could probably you could probably write a book on that, or we, or we, you could come back and do do another whole podcast with me about about doing that, and probably be very insightful. No, I didn't. I, I mean, I, I figured out how to do it. I don't know if I'm good at it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, you know, I was sitting at home one day, and and you know, I'm good friends with. Uh, he's been kind of a mentor to me for a long while. The boys coach at Frederick High. Uh, Amani Hill. Yeah, and then the JV coach Bryson is is my cousin as well, and um, so they they called me one day and said that the, you know that the Frederick High job was open, and they was like you know you should really think about it, and you know so thought about it for a while. And, and how well did you know uh, Tony Murray, who's obviously uh, Aubrey's dad and, and, and your predecessor? I knew of him at the time, but I I'm, like we we knew each other, but I didn't know him. Like, we never really had conversation or anything like that. Okay, but I'm sure Tony's been a big resource for you as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. Been, he's been huge, man. And, and this past year, he's been, he's been um, nothing but supportive, um, very supportive, very um, communicates well about anything that's going on with the kids. Um, like, I, I can't say enough good things about him. Okay, so did you feel like you were starting? I mean, it was sort of a similar situation where, hey, we we have an opening here. We we would like you to take the job. That's how, that's how you got into coaching. You you needed to help out, help someone out, and then here you have your friends again saying, hey, there's an opening at Frederick High. Did, did it sort of feel like the same thing? Yeah, and, and you know, and I had to you know say that even though they're saying it, like you got to want to get in it and you got to give it. You know, if you're going to do it, you got to give it everything you got. So you can't just, you know, they they're saying it, and you got to do your research and figure out if this is what you really want to do. And um, yeah, because it feels like you're facing the same questions. At yeah. first, it was like, "Am I ready to be a coach?" Yeah, yeah. Now the question is, "Am I ready to be a fa- uh, a family man and, mm-hmm. and, and be a dad and a, and a husband and be a coach?" Yeah. Were, were those the questions you were wrestling those with? Or, the, yeah, yeah. Can can you, you know, can you utilize your time? And spend time with family and and make sure you're getting the program where it needs to be by doing the necessary things in the off season and during the season with with your team and you're spending enough time at home with the wife and you're doing everything that's required because you know I've never had to do that part before. I'm, I'm guessing you don't think there's enough hours in the day. There's never enough hours in the day. <laughs> never and and I'm guessing you don't get tons of sleep either. No. <laughs> how, how old are your kids now? 
I'll have one, and he'll be three January thirty first. Okay, so so we're through the terrible twos. We're no, we're 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 rock solid in the middle of the terrible twos. It feels like. Oh really? No kidding. Okay. Yeah, that's All feel, right. That's what it feels like. Okay, so 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 you got to adapt and learn as is a dad too. Uh, yeah. What what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, what works. You can't put him on the line and have him run sprint. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, so what so what what made you felt feel you were ready for the Frederick High job? Uh, be being a dad, a, a husband, and a coach. You know. I, after talking to my wife a little bit, she kind of encouraged me to to do it. She did. Yeah. You, I mean, you're, you're going to be home less. You're going to be uh, working more. But but your wife was on board. She was on board, actually. Yeah, she was on board, and so I, I you know, could we, could it, she see that you 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 missed coaching to some degree, or did you? Miss I think coaching? that was yeah. I think that was part of it. I think she felt like there was something empty there. Yeah. Um, and that I needed to go back and coach to see if. I really wanted to do it or not. Like I had to go back and coach somewhere and figure out if, if I really wanted to do it or if I didn't, you know, if it was time to just kind of leave it alone. But I think, you know, it was a good thing because, you know, I just kind of fell back in love with the whole yeah. chasing, you know, chasing success success and, chase, you know, you get kids like Aubrey Murray and Ja'Kai and Jai and Sid and, like it's just this this team this group, and I'm talking from top to bottom. Every one of these kids is just phenomenal kids. Like from top to bottom, from the first kid to the to the to the managers that we have. Like this group is just yeah. Well, what what inspires you the most about this, these girls? Just the way they they bond with each other. Um, they just like they enjoy. It, it it appears that they enjoy to be around each other. Um, you know, we we tell them like you got to challenge yourself, and if you can't, you got you got to do it for the person next to you. Um, they just it just feels like they're just one big team, and they just enjoy each other, and they they want to be around each other, and they just they 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 kind of thrive off of it. So you got back up on that bike, you started pedaling again, and you're like, this is where this is where I'm supposed to be, right? This is yeah, this is this is kind of where where we wanted to kind of go. Uh, how, how long was your break? How long was your break? Uh... It started as soon as COVID hit. Whenever okay. COVID that, who knows how long ago that was then. March of 2020 around yeah, then? That, okay. Once that season, because we finished that season at St. James and then COVID started. Um, and then um, we were supposed to go to a tournament in March, but it got canceled because of COVID. Okay. And then after that, my wife got pregnant later that in that summer, so... The doctors were saying, like, you know, if you if y'all get COVID or anything like that, and the babies come, you're not going to be allowed in the delivery room or whatever. So it was like we're just going to step away from coaching for a while, and then it was just like I just took wasn't going to go back to St. James at all. Right, and then the Frederick High opportunity came up, mm-hmm. and were you were, did it come right back to you? Was it was it like riding a bike, or did you have to relearn relearn some things? <laughs> It was different because it's you know different county, and then it's coming back from private, private, yeah, to public. You know, rules are different and things of that nature, and and so you got to adjust to that. Now you're back. See, St. James, you're in a. There's no conference, so we just play an open schedule. We just play as many games in open schedule. So now you're back into a conference, and you know goals of winning the conference, and you know winning the region, and chasing the state, you know, title and things like that. Now all become different things that you you shoot for as opposed to 
So now you have, you know, set goals that you can work towards as a team in the public school where at St. James, we're just trying to be the best team that we can be. Right. How long did it take you to realize you made the right decision? Was it day one or to to come back with Fred or Kai? Was it day one or was it the first game or or how long did it take? I think, I think, you know, once I kind of, once I kind of met with Tony McRae, that my assistant coach, yeah, and he said he would come back. I felt like we were going to be okay. Like this is going to be this is going to be the perfect fit, because he's such a you know he's such a cool dude, and he his style kind of relates to my style. And he knew the kids prior, so he had that relationship with the with the with the with the team already. So he's going to help smooth things over so, for you. Yeah, yeah, so he can and then Darian Little who became our JV coach was always inside the building as well. She was coaching a couple different sports. And so she as the JV coach, she could help, you know, smooth some of that transition as well. So once we ha- once I you know, we knew we had those two. I was like this oh, we can make this work. Like this is going to be this is going to be something special. Right. Helps to have good players too, and and with, with Sydney Husky, there, there's something about Sydney like she's just not going to be denied, right? <laughs> no, no, she's she's um she's going to give you everything she got. Once the you know once the ball goes up, 32 minutes, she plays hard. She gives you everything she got. Um, and she's not afraid to stick her nose in there, right? Yes, yeah. she gets after it. She gets after it. She goes she goes hard for for 32 minutes. And, and and you need a player like that to to set the tone, right? You always you always need somebody, and and then you know we got a couple freshmen up there. It's good for you know some of the younger players to see to see that and be able to you know learn from from a player like that. Right, uh, Aubrey, uh, she's got a certain grace about her. Is is she vo- is she vocal or is she is she more quietly by example or how would you describe Aubrey? She's more of a lead by example, but she she can be vocal. She, yeah. I mean, she she can be vocal. Um, she's uh, she's another one, man. She just she gives you what she got. Like she's gonna give you what she got. Um, she she's just another special, talented, unique player. Um, that can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you don't get players like that, you know, a lot of times who are 6'2", that, but can get up and down the floor like she can and can guard a wing or can guard a post. She can switch on to a guard. Like, she's she's just so dynamic. Like, you don't find a lot of players like like Aubrey. Right. I want to ask you about your terrific freshman, uh, Marley Williams, uh, in, in a second here. But who are some of the other players that really – uh, keep the keep the ball rolling for you. Oh, like we talked about earlier, I think you know Jakai and Jules just they just pressure the ball. Like you know they they know night in and night out that their job is to to do the best that they can in making the other team's guards work for thirty two minutes. Um, and then Jai Jai, you know Jai Dejai is she she's a you know she's a knockdown shooter for us, but she can also kind of get to the cup. Like she's that kind of forgotten score that we have. Like, she'll give us eight or ten a night, but they're big baskets. Um, and then if she gets hot from the three-point line, but then she'll, you know, defend a little bit. Then we got uh, Layla Green, who's been coming off the bench for us as a freshman. Um, she kind of – she's not as tall as Aubrey, but we kind of have her kind of – you know, you watch Aubrey and see how she does things and, you know, defense and, and that defensive – where you can clean things up back there, take some charges, you know, just two hands high, not foul, be in the right spot at the right time, you know, 
that kind of thing. You know, we just have a team full of, you know, I could go down the, the list of the whole team. Um, you know, Jazz and Casey, uh, you know, they're they're learning so much because we're throwing so much at a lot of our players this year. Um, and they have to, you know, our schedule hasn't been favorable so far because right. we played a lot of games so far. <laughs> right. Um yeah, you played Clarksburg, and they're they're an excellent team. Uh, you you played Jefferson uh, in, in West Virginia, uh, another uh, um, uh, formidable team. Um, uh, was it weird for you playing South? It it no 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 no. It's been a lot of time. Yeah, uh, you you played TJ, your alma mater. Was was, yeah. was, that, was that strange? It's always strange going back to see Coach Dickens' name on the court, but yeah, you know. And then you played Ligonor, who's who's right up there with you guys in terms of being considered one 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 of the best teams in the county, um, and and you won that game on the road too. Uh, well, again, without without Sydney playing, so yeah, and and I think it's you know it's it's how we you know it's the teams, but how we opened up. We opened up playing Wednesday, Friday, and then the following week Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then the next week Tuesday, and then today. Right. So it was just like a you know. A lot of games and not a not necessarily a lot of practice in between a lot of those is, games. Is that good or bad? I can say now it was good because because it turned out it worked. But yeah. at the beginning, though, you know, with, with you know mixing in freshmen with our groups coming in from last year, we didn't know what it would look like. You know, once the games, once we went to live action, so it was trying to figure out how to you know mix in jail. Sydney and Marley and then Aubrey and and John kind you know this puzzle how do we how do we put it together and what does that look like and you need practice for that yeah yeah uh with Marley obviously a freshman uh you you often don't see a freshman starting on a varsity team but but she does for you uh her obviously a very talented player but she's another one where her energy and effort you're going to get it on a night-to-night basis uh, with, without question. Yeah, she's, you know, she's a special, special talent. Um, I think one of the things with her is, like, we haven't even seen the best, her best game yet. And uh, She was great against Ligonor. When Sydney wasn't playing, she really, she really took the mantle for you guys. Yeah, she was, she, she, um, she, she did, she did her part against Ligonor. Um, she stepped up and made some big plays, especially down the stretch in the fourth quarter. I think she had 14 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I think she, you know, took advantage. She takes advantage of the opportunities when they arise. And one thing, I think her IQ as a freshman is is probably, I don't know that I've coached anybody that IQ as a freshman is as good as hers <clears throat> right. is. Yeah, I mean, have you ever started a freshman before? Yeah, I've, I've yeah, a lot of freshmen. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Where at St. James or St. James in its south. In it, in it south. Okay. Yeah. Are, are, are freshmen are they ready for varsity basketball for the most part, or is it a big learning curve for them? Or um... I think it's somewhat. I think there is somewhat of a learning curve. I think you you see like even with Marley, you still see some some freshman mistakes out of her, um, and some things that she does, but. Um, as a coach, you got to be willing to coach them and, and adjust because we're not, you know, we tell, especially a lot of the young ones, we're not so much concerned what happens in December. Um, we, 
it's more late January, February, March. You know, we want to. You want to be playing your best, and you, yeah. and you felt you did that last year. You yeah. said, "Yeah, you you were getting better over the course of the season, and sort of it was the season ended in an unfortunate time because you guys were yeah. playing, you guys were playing so well." So, um, I mean, you're constantly tweaking and and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Where are you in that process right now? Like, how much do you need to tweak still? How much needs to be uh, uh, adjusted? Do you think, or how much will be adjusted before the end of the season <laughs> well there, there'll be a good bit adjusted i mean and, and sometimes you have to tweak things without like you know we we weren't expecting sid to be sick and have to play without her and right you got to adjust yeah the, the, you have to handle the curveball yeah everybody had to kind of you know step up and play a different you know play some different roles at, at that point but um there's a lot of things that we 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 have to do to be ready you know because you know, you got to prepare for the playoffs. You got to prepare for that that region that region run when you when you get into region play, and you got to be able to um, answer the questions of you know what Seneca Valley has and what Clarksburg has and and Northwest and you know everybody who's in your region. You know, you got to be ready to answer those questions as well. So you you know you want to win your conference first, and you want to win your region and. And so you're preparing throughout the season to make sure you have everything in place so that when you run into those teams, you can, you're already ready to make the necessary adjustments. Right. Are, are you a defensive coach, Nate Naylor, or, or um, it just defense what this particular team does best? I think I hang my hat on defense. You do? Think, okay. Yeah, I think defense Co- is something. Uh, from that, Coach Dickman? Or, um, yeah. I think, I think I've learned that from Coach Dickman, and we just kind of take it in. If you can play defense, you always got a shot. Yeah, because shots aren't always going to fall. You're going to have your cold shooting nights. But if you play good defense, that always shows up, right? It always shows up. Right. And defense, when they say defense travels. Yeah, uh, uh, on on the road too, of of course. So uh, what sort of potential do you think this team has? I think the sky's the limit for this team. I think as long as they keep working the way they have been, um, as long as they stay locked in like they have been, we just, you know, I just came from shoot, you know, shoot around and walk through before coming here um, to get prepared for uh, Tuscarora tonight. Um, you know, I think as long as they stay locked in and stay dialed in like they have been, like, I, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. Um, you know, the goal is to, you know, the goal is to play the last game of the season. Right. Are you are you where you're supposed to be in life? Are you, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing, do you think? I think so. I think so. I think um, I think we get put in places for a reason. Okay. I believe we get put in places for a reason. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think we, we get put in places for a reason. Sometimes we may not know why we get put there, but I think Yeah, it get... sounds like you didn't at first. Like, yeah. you're, like why, you're like, why am I coaching? Or, yeah. or can I do this? Yeah. And I think we get, we all have our, our nick at what we do, and, and I think we all get put in places for different reasons, and yeah, uh, your your sensibilities too. Making sure you're not going to bite off more than you can chew. Well, uh, where 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 does that come from? <laughs> I think that's you know another thing from you know my my parents, my dad. You know, you know, don't you know, don't put too much on your plate. You know, it's easier said than done sometimes, and and for some people, yeah. Well, I think you know and. You know, I've always, even in my my job outside of working with, like right now, I work with DJS for the state of Maryland, and and um, I've always 
worked with kids and one of the things that you learn when you work with kids is not to put too much on your plate not to try to handle more than you can you know try to do you see that mistake being made often and you're like i i i I don't want to do that yeah and i've made that mistake often yeah And, and when you do that you let people down and so when you don't when you don't put too much on your plate you don't have to worry about that Right. Uh, I'm sure that was a concern when you became a parent, too. Like, am I putting too much on my plate? And, and, you, and you stepped away to see if you, to make yeah. sure you could handle the parenting uh, first, right? <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of things they don't tell you about being a parent. Yeah, right. And, and you, you don't know until you're, <laughs> until you're in it, until right? You, until, you fi- until you find out, yep, right. until, you're, until you're knee-deep in it. Right. Uh, so here we are at Christmas. Uh, how, how do you look at Christmas as a coach? Because, I mean, there's obviously breaks in your normal routine and schedule so so uh, how do you look at that (laughs) it's it's funny you ask that because we were just talking about that today with you know with the little um sickness that we have kind of going through our team um yeah they got you too right yeah kind of got me as well um got coach tony tony mccray as well um and then we had about five or six different players with it um and then a couple on the jv as well but um you know they, you know they get, you know they get Sunday off, and then the Christmas falls on Monday now. Yeah. So they get, you know, they get those two days off. Okay. Um, we play in a Christmas tournament here at Hood College. Okay. Um, on the 29th and 30th, I believe. So you gotta get back and practice what on the 20 Tuesday, the 26th. Yeah, or, on okay. Tuesday the 26th. But we were trying to debate, you know, should we give them three days off that Saturday, or come in and get some shots up that Saturday, but. Do you, do you run into issues where uh, um, the family's taking a vacation? One of your players' family's taking a vacation, or there there there's family commitments during the holidays that that might interrupt the the team schedule. <laughs> no, for the most part, you know, we our kids know our kids understand it from the beginning um, that you got you got to be there. Yeah, yeah, and our model this year is you know that we're all in. That, you know, everybody's all in. We're all bought into having the most successful season that we can have. Um, and that means, you know, being at practice and, and being at games and unless you're, you know. It's some got, extenuating circumstances. Yeah, it has yeah. to be something going on, something really going on to not be there. But we need everybody bought in and, and, and there. But if people have to, you know, if people are going away to see grandma that they haven't seen, yeah, you know, yeah, nobody. You, you, you take it on a case-by-case yeah, case, case, case case basis. Yeah. You, you, you're not going to crack, crack the whip that yeah. much. So. Yeah, because you, you seem like a sensible guy there, guy, yeah. Co- Coach Naylor. So, um, so the schedule is going to get inter- interrupted a little bit, and you're going to uh, the Hood College. You say to, to yeah. play a tournament, okay? We're going to Hood College. Uh, who's who's going to be there? Um, we we play uh, WT Wooten and Gaithersburg. Okay. There's also good councils playing. There's so there's like eight. There's like four eight games um, each day. Right. Um, haven't really focused on that yet. Trying to get through tonight first but um it's a pretty good tournament the board the referee the officials board here is putting it on they're putting on this tournament so um we wanted to stay local and support our our own officiating board so that th- those 50 50 calls go our way uh the boys team is pretty good at frederick high too do you, do you uh, ever look, do you ever look over the boys team and say hey, hey we're doing all right here, <laughs> here ourselves do you guys like strut your stuff a little bit around the boys team or so, um yeah i told you i'm you know really really good friends with uh Imani, Coach Hill. right yeah. yeah and uh he always calls me, and you know he'll be like, "Let me run something by you." I always call him and let me run something by you. But we've always been, uh, we've always just been really good, really cool. So it's it's not too much. Uh, 
I don't think any either one of us feel like we're playing our best ball right now. So I don't think we feel like you know talking too much yet. Yeah, well, you guys beat Jefferson, and, and, and yeah. they, they they lost to him in over. So I'm sure it was two different bus rides home uh, from, from from that game. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but but you guys are doing you guys are doing all right yourself. I uh, here at six and zero with 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 uh, with uh, pretty uh, high potential and expectations uh, uh, for for this season. So. Thank you for coming in, sir. Merry Christmas. So oh. we'll, we'll, we'll wish you well uh, um, over this holiday time, and uh, and before long the playoffs will be here. It'll be it'll be time to really buckle down. Yeah, yes, yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, that is uh, Coach Naylor, uh, uh, head coach of the Frederick High Girls, and uh, we appreciate uh, everyone checking us out this week on the final score. Thanks to Graham Cullen. Uh, thanks to Alexander Dacey for coming on earlier talking Frederick County sports. Thanks to all of you. We appreciate uh, another great year on the podcast. It's been a, it's been a blast. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas to, uh, to you and your families, and we'll be back next week with another episode as we close in on the end of the year. Thanks for listening, everyone. Mm-hmm.